Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to my first ever Orion Politics podcast. Oh my goodness, I am so happy to be here right now. So excited to film my first ever podcast. So this is my first podcast, and I thought maybe the best way to start this off would to talk about how I got into politics. So you probably found this podcast through my TikTok account, Orion Politics. Yes, it is back. If you came through my YouTube video, I got banned. I did get the account restored, luckily, and it is doing pretty well. So yeah, maybe check that out if you haven't already. But I thought it would be an appropriate topic how I got into politics originally and also how I actually started recording content on TikTok, if I did anything before that, uh, what led up to this. So, you know, let's just start this off. So my very first introduction to politics was in 2012. Uh, This was the Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney uh, debate. Now, I didn't really see any primary debates, Democrat or Republican. I just was watching it. I didn't really understand what was going on because keep in mind I was in grade two I was seven years old so I'm like okay cool this Obama guy sounds cool because he plays video games he plays basketball just like me I didn't really know like policies and whatnot but all I can say is oh my goodness gracious I am so happy that seven-year-olds cannot legally vote in this country because um it wouldn't be good I can uh, promise you that ladies and gentlemen <laughs> all right so I did enjoy waking up in the morning and just looking at the polls, see how they were doing. I know they're not always representative of the actual results that we get at the end of who wins, but you know, seven-year-old me didn't know that, so I just thought it was fun. Wake up in the morning, grab the iPad, look at that. Didn't really know what was going on, and then my uh, school at the time, I just went to like a small private school. We had like a mock election we only had i think like between 10 and 12 kids there it really was just a small homeschool group um so we did like a mock election but it was pretty good what it was is we had obama barack obama and mitt romney and we the teacher just let one kid into the room at a time to cast their vote No one could see who we voted for, although a week before and a week prior and maybe even longer, everyone's talking about who they voted for. So that's that's pretty funny. Um, But I voted for Obama, not because I liked his policies. I didn't even know what his policies were. Um, So I just he likes basketball. I like basketball. Vote for Obama. And because of that, because Obama was the cool guy, he ended up winning. And of course, he won the 2012 election as well. I don't really talk about that. I think this is the first time I think talking about the election. I could be wrong. So then fast forward, I didn't really know. Uh, I guess I kind of took a break from politics. I don't remember much. If I did do anything probably wasn't significant because I don't remember it. So fast forward four years, uh, grade six. So grade two to grade six, that is the next election. And I actually followed this one a little bit more. So I watched the 
Republican debates. I was actually in Montana at the time. I was camping, and they had, like, a lounge with, like, three couches set up. And there was, like, two—I'm not sure if they were, like, Newfoundlands, Great Danes, St. Bernard's, or, like, just some big dog. Really cuddly, really nice. I just loved to cuddle with them on the couch. Um, but we, we sat there with a bunch of other people that we didn't know, but they were all in the campground— lounge with three couches, a massive TV, and all of us were watching the Republican primary debates. Now, luckily, it didn't get, like, heated between all of us. I mean, I was only, like, 10 or 11 at the time. And I I think I was, I was in grade 5 when the primary debates were. So it was Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, John Kasich. And at the time, we predicted that, or it was looking like Jeb Bush would win... Uh, then Ted Cruz would win, and we don't really know until the end, but, you know, we can learn a good lesson in 2016. So we did that, and then when I got back home to Oregon, I watched some of the Democratic debates. So there was only—I I only remember three, uh, O'Malley, Clinton, and Sanders— I didn't really follow it too deeply. I liked the Republicans more, so that's I really just focused even years ago when I was only like 10 years old. So then Hillary Clinton wins hers. Uh, she wins the Democratic primaries. Donald Trump wins the Republican primaries, and I wasn't shocked that Hillary would win. I thought it would either be uh, Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders, but I was pretty surprised that Trump won. I thought it would either be uh, like... Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, or uh, Jeb Bush, maybe John Kasich, if I didn't really follow it too deeply. And then my grade six school. So I was actually at a bigger school. It was maybe 30 kids. I still small, but from my small homeschool group, it was it's a pretty big significant jump to like three times the size. And it was Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Now, I, again, didn't really follow politics. I went back and forth. I thought that Donald Trump was kind of cool, but then a lot of other people, because I was in Oregon at the time, voted for Clinton. I'm like, okay, mob rule, I'll vote for Clinton. I regret it, and then she won the mock election, but then Donald Trump won the 2016 presidential election. Thank goodness. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of followed, I didn't really, the only like political things I got was word, uh, word of mouth, and it was mostly through, uh, Democrats, a few Republicans, but I wasn't, I didn't really take a serious stance in 2016 or even throughout Trump's presidency. I'm like, I think this, he's not as bad as the media and the Democrats paint him, but I mean, I didn't think so. I didn't really know what was going on, and the only thing I did fully know is that he wasn't that bad. Uh, certainly not as bad as the Democrats say he was, although he did have his flaws, certainly in the last year, but we're no, we'll, we're not going to talk about that in this podcast episode, although I would be happy to take a deep dive on Trump's four years. I'd be happy to talk about that, certainly. Okay, so this, fast forward, um, in the 2020 election, this was uh, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, and I didn't really 
follow it too deeply. Um, again, I didn't. I was kind of rooting for Trump. Um, although, like, I didn't think Joe Biden seemed like an honest guy. I didn't know his history. Now I know. I mean, he had to drop out in the 1988 presidential election because he lied. Uh, he lied about his scholarship. He lied about his degrees. He lied about his credentials so much. And then he had to drop out. I wish I knew that then. I didn't know anything about Joe Biden other than he was Barack Obama's vice president. I kind of like Trump, so that's why I was rooting for him. I know a few of my friends were. Uh, none of us really took serious positions, even though uh, I guess the mutual agreement was both of them uh, could be better, but Trump is slightly better. And now, of course, we know that is true. So, didn't really take a serious stance in 2020, so how did I get like fully feet into politics how did i dive headfirst into this well that was a year or a little over a year later in 2021 okay so this was towards september or around november december so like right at the end of 2021 kyle rittenhouse and I really, I, I really, really got into this. I've talked about this on my TikTok live streams um, with my good friend, what is Colton Charant, I believe. Uh, Freedom Canada 1 is his username. Feel free to give him a follow. Great at uh, Canadian conservative political commentary. Absolutely love the guy. I still chat with him quite a bit. Love to get him on my show. Maybe I'll I'll certainly invite him on. Okay, so Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, pretty much the uh, story here was I got uh, in grade 11 English class, we got to choose our stories. Now I'm like, okay, here we go again. I have to write some boring article, so I'm just Googling what's going on. Oh, okay, there's a new Call of Duty game. And I was thinking Intel just released their 12th generation Alder Lake chips, and they have the efficiency cores, which is new, something that they can definitely battle AMD with, which has certainly worked. Uh, great performance for the TDP of the chip. And it's actually introducing like a 20, or no, not the 24 core i9 yet, but then they had like a 16 core i9. Certainly good. Uh, I know we're, this isn't like a tech podcast, but I was a big fan of the Alder Lake chips. So I was thinking I'd write about that. There's also a new Call of Duty game called Duty Vanguard. I didn't really know what to say because it's not a very good game. So I would just say it's okay. I don't really know. It's overpriced as most of the Call of Duty games are. Then I saw Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm like, okay, what is this? So I click it. I'm like, okay, a 17-year-old kid uh, allegedly murdered some guy, or he did, um, and then injured someone else. So I keep reading, and I'm getting my news from, I know, CNN, MSNBC, as well as Fox News. And this is really when I got, like, I saw how Tucker Carlson did his reporting and just how passionate he was and how transparent he doesn't hide the truth i'm like okay 
this is nice. So I choose, I want to write about Kyle Rittenhouse. And I followed MSNBC, but then I could see, okay, what they're contradicting themselves. So is CNN. They said that Kyle Rittenhouse killed black people, but yet the only people he killed, we can see video footage, is a white man with a gun chasing him down. Rittenhouse fell. The guy tried to jump on top of him. Rittenhouse had no uh, no option but to shoot him. And it turns out this guy is a pedophile. And MSNBC, they were stretching the truth. They were hiding information. So was CNN. And like I'm reading their articles and watching their videos. And stuff isn't adding up. So then I saw... Fox News, Tucker Carlson, which keep in mind, this was like a year or two ago when their reporting was much more reliable or certainly more um, better than it was than it is now, for that matter. I saw Ben Shapiro and I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll watch these people. So I really, really got into the Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, even like in my physics class or English class, social studies class, whatever class I was in, if I get like a five minute break, I'd pull out my phone, open Twitter, keep refreshing. Is there any more news? And I really did follow a variety of sources. I know Jesse Waters had Ben Shapiro on to talk about that. And I, I watched that. I was a big fan of that. And I wrote an article about Kyle Rittenhouse. And I I wonder, is there a way, I'm sure there is, a way to publish the article? I, I guess I could just post, like, screenshots of it. Or maybe if there is, I know I could, like, make a website and then post it on there. But that would, that would certainly take some time to do. I would love to post my article out so you guys could read it. So I wrote the article very... No, I don't want to say very detailed, but certainly for like a quick high school essay, it was certainly it was certainly one of the most detailed ones uh, in the class, at least. I had videos, I had sources, I had uh, links. I believe in both MLA and APA formats, and I posted videos, and then I wrote it, and one of the things I said about BLM, I don't have the, I wish I had the article in front of me, I should pull it up a different time, so I can just read it out to you guys, is that, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, encouraged BLM rioters, and some people didn't like that, but then I said, no, if she, the mostly peaceful terrorists, as we all know today, Burned down the city for eight months straight, causing $2 billion in property damages, burning down black businesses, killing dozens of people, mostly just affecting black people, ironically. Unfortunate, it's a very unfortunate event. If she's raising money to bail them out, then of course she's encouraging the violence. But uh, people disagreed with me there. I wrote the article, I went to publish it, and my teacher wouldn't let me. And I, I talked a little bit uh, with this uh, with my friend Blaine. I believe you can follow him over at Blaine Trump. And it was absolutely ridiculous because, yes, the article, of course, was siding with Rittenhouse because the evidence sides with Rittenhouse. 
but he said it was biased. So then he stripped like I want to say eighty percent of it, and then posted. And then I'm like reading the article, the edited one that he cut down. I'm like this is the most boring thing I've ever read in my life. Well, maybe not the most boring thing I've ever read in my life, but certainly up there. Uh, it It's not engaging at all. And the one I wrote was a lot better. But, you know, I, I could certainly dedicate hours talking about Rittenhouse. I was very, very passionate. And then on my lunch break, I was just refreshing Twitter, and I saw a pop-up, a news alert notification saying that Kyle Rittenhouse was framed innocent. So, you know, that's great. Um, Unfortunately, the left wouldn't leave him alone. They kept calling him a white supremacist, which was strange because he shot a white person. The evidence shows that. And it's weird because MSNBC didn't post the full trial. And when I talk to people on the left, they hate Rittenhouse, they call him a white supremacist, and I say, okay, have you watched the trial? Because none of the evidence supports what you're saying. And they say, well, no, I don't have time to watch the four-hour trial. Which is strange, because they can sit in front of the TV all day, multiple days straight, watching MSNBC, watching CNN. I do think for the Rittenhouse trial... MSNBC was worse because they brought on Joseph Rosenbaum, which was someone that Kyle Rittenhouse shot uh, because he was charging at uh, Rittenhouse with a revolver. And of course, self-defense justifies this. Really just hypocritical of the left, we all know. And then the left uh, threw out the excuse, well, what if Rittenhouse is black? And we all know if Rittenhouse was black, he would have gotten away with the crime, and the left wouldn't have questioned his motives at all. So, nothing the left says adds up. Even people on the left, none of their arguments, they're always contradicting themselves, they're always hypocritical. But yeah, I mean, if someone on the left wants to debate Kyle Rittenhouse, the trial, I would love to have them on because even to this day they're still calling him a white supremacist so uh yeah feel free to come on and we can debate still have much more to say about kyle rittenhouse but you know i kind of have to move on from here so now we're in 2022 so for christmas of 2021 i fly down to california I see my grandma. She agrees with the post I said about Rittenhouse. I posted that to my Snapchat as well as my Instagram. And unfortunately, one of my friends that I haven't seen since grade 7, he was in my school, but he was in a different classroom from me, uh, blocked me on Snapchat. He swiped up on my story and said, what the F, uh, actually writing out the F word, and then... I try to respond like, hey, do you disagree with my statement? What do you disagree with? Uh, Can we please debate this? I'd be happy to FaceTime you. But then I'm typing this out. I send it, and the message won't go through because he blocked me. So that is quite unfortunate because on Snapchat, you know Snapchat tells you that they unadded you. So that is how I know. 
But nevertheless, <laughs> that was that that was really like how I found Ben Shapiro, Tucker Carlson, Jesse Waters, and then later on like Michael Knowles and then those folks. Okay. So then my grandma agrees with me. I fly back. And I'm still I'm still I'm not really following politics when I did the like whole like written house thing. But you know, I kind of kind of enjoyed kind of got back into it, see what like Tucker and Ben Shapiro were talking about. And then I believe my first ever TikTok video, this is like when I started voicing my political opinion, was when it was, yeah, spring break. So March of 2022. And I didn't actually say a word in my first political video. Or no, you know, that that was when I quote-unquote blew up. I didn't really, I, I gained like a thousand followers in one video. Uh, but before that, I did duet, or I did make a statement on TikTok about the Canadian truckers. I I was a big fan. I kind of followed them on and off. I was certainly on their side, though. And that's really when I saw who Justin Trudeau really was and the truth that Justin Trudeau was a very bad prime minister because he illegally pulled out the Emergencies Act and then froze the bank accounts of his political rivals. Later, he went to trial, but, you know, he is still in office, so I'm not really sure how far that went. And I just said, Justin Trudeau is refusing to meet with these Canadian truckers. And if they are a true small fringe minority, like Justin Trudeau claims that they are, then why is he scared of them? Why is he hiding to an undisclosed location and refusing to talk with the Canadian truckers? That doesn't make sense. So, you know, I mean, I unfortunately didn't really go well for the Canadian truckers. I'm sad. I really am. I was certainly rooting for them. But, you know, I certainly wish them well. I know the judge said that they're not allowed to honk their horns and peacefully protest. And then they got arrested. But certainly on their side, 1,000%. Now, in terms of how I got big, or not really, but how I amassed a following on TikTok, we will say, is I posted a Let's Sew My Friend for my, I think it was for my 17th birthday, got me a Let's Go Brandon flag, so I hung that up, and then I made a TikTok video with the uh, Let's Go Brandon audio, and then I pointed it at my American flag, and then as soon as the audio said Let's Go Brandon, I pointed it at my Let's Go Brandon flag, and I just said, let's see how many followers I gain or lose from this hashtag let's go Brandon and I posted it and I gained like the video it didn't really do well it just sat there maybe got a few likes and then like two days later I went in for my driving test and I believe that was like the second or third time and I passed thank goodness it was it was quite stressful but you know I'm happy I passed I'm happy that's over and I did that and then I'm checking my phone, and it's just blowing up. The video is, and I'm getting, like, that. the video is hitting at, it's over, or like around 
7,000 likes, and I amassed a thousand, around a thousand followers from that post. Now, I was just shocked how many people supported that video. I'm like, okay, oh my goodness. I, I don't really know what else to post, but I'm happy I have a following now. So then a week later, I just post a, hey guys, uh, thank you for the support. I really appreciate that. Then I post a video of Joe Biden falling down the stairs. And then around Easter time is like when I start doing like real political commentary. I didn't really know much to say. So then I I made, I think, Elon Musk buying Twitter and then the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trials is like what I was talking about. And if a story would break, I would just cover it. Keep in mind, TikTok only has a three-minute time span. I know for like a short period, like a week or two, they allowed you to record 10-minute videos, uh, which I certainly took advantage of. I covered Tucker Carlson's amazing footage of January 6th. I covered Greta Thunberg saying, if you don't give her all of your money and power, the world would be over in five years. She tweeted that five years ago and deleted the tweet. I covered that. <laughs> so, hilarious tweet, man. We were all laughing. And I believe there was a... Oh, yes, I do remember. The uh, Jeffrey Marsh attacking the innocent Muslim woman. And then that video got me banned. I made an entire YouTube video around this. Just saying, look, tech censorship exists. When they criticize you, that's fine. And then when you criticize them, they get banned. Luckily, TikTok restored my account. However, they deleted that video, unfortunately. I got a ton of my videos deleted throughout the years. Um, and yeah, so between that time, I couldn't only do a three-minute video, so I'll focus on that. Major events, I guess, is Roe versus Wade being overturned, and I was thrilled about that, of course. I was talking about that, making videos, and I my videos, they, they did get quite a few likes, a lot of comments, a lot of attention, both positive and negative, and I posted a video, or I believe it was a photo, actually, with a video or a picture of the conservative court justices that voted in favor of overturning Roe versus Wade. They had like cool glasses and like emojis next to them. And then the, uh, so that's like Clarence Thomas, Brett Kavanaugh, and like the five conservative court Supreme justices on the Supreme Court. And then the liberal Supreme Court justice that uh, voted Roe versus Wade should still remain the law of the land. They had, like, clown emojis on their face. And I posted that. It got thousands of likes, hundreds of comments, but a bunch of people reported it for hate speech, my account, and it got banned for, like, two months. In that time, I made a backup account, Orion Politics 2.0, and that's sitting around, I think, like, 1,800 followers. I haven't posted since my account got restored. So just in a few months, that's pretty good. Certainly, politics will get you a lot of attention, a lot of followers, but certainly a lot of a negative press as well. 
and then it got unbanned. But one of the the things with Roe versus Wade that people really need to understand is even if you support abortion, which I don't see how you could support the mass murder of babies because 60 million, 65 million Americans have been murdered since Roe became the law of the land and over a million per year. So even if you support that, Roe versus Wade said that abortion is a constitutional right. It's not. Nowhere in the Constitution it says abortion is a right that Americans have because Americans are guaranteed life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I, liberals do seem politically illiterate when it comes to most things, including that. They often point to the 14th Amendment saying, Hey, look, 14th Amendment says right to medical privacy, which is weird because they support vaccine passports and demanding access to your vaccine records, your COVID vaccine, is not the right to medical privacy. But yeah, murdering your baby isn't medical privacy because it doesn't just involve you, it also involves a separate human life. Okay, so that's pretty much where we are today. And yeah, I, I certainly didn't even cover uh, half of my political journey and yes i've gotten to quite a bit of political arguments but you just remain calm speak facts and logic and even if they do come at you i mean i really haven't i've had one good conversation with someone on the left at my friend's birthday party but usually they're just yelling screaming up in your face and as long as you remain calm and speak facts you will win the arguments Okay, so I am would love to know your thoughts on this podcast. Do you have any recommendations for a future podcast? What other topics do you want me to touch on? I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for your support. Without the help of you, I could not do this. All right. God bless.